Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. We've been working our way through a series called The King's Kingdom. And this is uh, basically, we're working our way through the Beatitudes, which are in Matthew 5, and it's the start of uh, one of the most famous teachings of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's a really beautiful, uh, I guess, uh, array of scriptures and, and, and even blessings that he goes through, because what he's doing is he's, he's removing these barriers that culture had had up for centuries, basically saying, you are not able to enter his kingdom because you are this. But then Jesus starts and he's like, no, 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 you are blessed because you are welcome to enter my kingdom. No matter what you think your barrier is, I know that I can invite you into that. I even think of the disciples and um, I often like to picture the disciples in moments like these. And um, so the disciples, like particularly the 12, they were his inner circle for Jesus. They were his inner circle. And, and I reckon that at this stage of his ministry, they'd probably developed a sense of pride, almost going like, we are the inner circle of Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who is going to free us all. We are his inner circle. And I reckon they would have started to be getting this, almost this, this element of pride, being able to walk with him. And then Jesus starts rattling off these blessed, blessed are thee. And he, and he reads these things out. And I reckon that they were kind of waiting to hear the really good things about them. And like the, oh, blessed are, are the, are the, uh, the loyal for they stay by my side, and, and Peter would be there like, yeah, that's me, he's talking about me. I kind of wonder, now this is not backed up by anything, this is just my thought, I wonder if there's elements of these Beatitudes were things that the disciples had said to Jesus in confidence, that he'd almost said like, I, I really, I struggle with these things in my life, I struggle with the, the fact that I'm, I'm mourning all the time, I'm, I'm really sad, and, and they'd be standing around him, and they'd be, they have this sense of pride and then they're kind of looking at Jesus going, why are you sharing all these things about me? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm walking with you. Why are you sharing this? But this is a trap we can all fall into is that we can, we can kind of enter this pride of like, you know what? I'm one of the chosen ones. I'm a believer. I'm in Jesus' family. You know, it's, uh, this, is, this is my church family and I'm doing all right. I'm getting things together. And, and we quickly forget the means by which we've come to be in his family. And this is what's so beautiful about the Beatitudes is it reminds us again that it's not anything that we do that qualifies us, it is merely His goodness that, that brings us in and, and invites us in. And uh, tonight, I'm basically going to be asking the question, what are you building? What are you building in your life? When you look around, what, what can you see being built? At the moment, uh, we're trying to build a kitchen. So we've got a, um, a, a house that... Uh, needs a lot of love, I guess you could say. Um, we're working our way through it, and the kitchen is the first big project we've done on this house. And I'm, I, I have a tendency to do and then think. And in renovation world, this isn't a very good thing. And I'm finding this out every day. So I, I, Ree and I basically sat down and we, we looked at what we wanted to do with the kitchen, designed the kitchen, and then I was like, okay, beautiful. We're good to go. Let's order that kitchen. And so we ordered it, knowing that we still had to knock down some walls, but forgetting that walls hold up roofs. And so I've got a kitchen at the moment in my garage, 
and walls without any dressing on them at all because they're holding up our roof. And so we're now realising we need to fit, get rid of the walls but engineer. I'm so thankful for like engineers and people that understand physics because if I didn't have them in my life, I wouldn't have a roof in my life either. And so we've got this situation where I, I removed the sheeting off the wall. So we've essentially just got framing all through our house. And um, Ree's been very patient. And we thought we'd be getting it done by Christmas, us and every other person that thinks renovations will be done by Christmas. But they've actually told us we can't do it until Feb. So I've removed the whole kitchen. We have, we, haven't, we have no kitchen. We haven't had a kitchen for a month now. And I've realized there's some elements that we have to do beforehand. And this is what's interesting when you build something, that if it's not built correctly, you can cover it up, but eventually it's going to be exposed and you have to deal with it. And this is, uh, this is one of these things that I, I feel like we find here. And so before we even get into our passage, I want to ask you, if you were to look at your life right now, what would you say you're building? Would you say you're building division, chaos, gossip? even dust. Maybe you feel like, I'm not building anything, I'm kind of doing nothing with my life. I'd say you're kind of building a layer of dust at this point. Or is your life a life that is building kindness, love, peace, self-control? Is, are you building your little kingdom or are you using your life to build his kingdom? And essentially what this series is, is an invitation to firstly see what his kingdom is, but then we get to engage with that. And we get to be a part of it. And we get to lay down our own little kingdoms and say, Lord, let me be a part of building your kingdom. So let's jump into our first passage tonight. And it's the one we've been sitting in. It's Matthew 5, verses 3 to 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the one that we're going to sit in tonight is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This word peacemakers is, is a bit of a funny one. It's, it only appears once in all of Scripture. It's... Um, Elijah, I'm sure I'm going to butcher another Greek word, but we'll see how we go. Araya, uh, no, I'm not even going to say it. It's two words. It's, uh, I was going to say, I keep trying to say a nene, you know, like the whip and the nene. It's something like that, but I can't, it's like the eranene or something like that, but it's all good. But it's these two words. So, arene, arene, yeah, arene, that'll work. And the next one is poieo, which is like paella, but paella, you know, like the Spaniards say it, paella. And it's these two words, and, and together they only appear once in all of Scripture, but separately they appear so many times. The first word essentially is peace. So in the Old Testament it appears as the, basically it's shalom, which is this idea of complete or to be whole and, and wholeness. And, and it's kind of a beautiful word because it's, it can be used in so many contexts. And so when we think of peace, I feel like we limit it to certain things. I would say, as one of the pastors here, peace is probably the thing that we pray for the most. I reckon more than anything in people's lives, we want peace. We're searching it out. I think uh, when we say peace, it can mean many different things. For some people, they want quiet. For the parents in the room, let's just take three seconds. No one say a word. 
that was a vacation for every parent in here. It's a really beautiful thing. That is peace. It's so nice. Yeah, I just saw James put his hand on his heart. He just received Jesus. It was so good. For, for others, when we say peace, what we're saying is we want calm, that we feel like everything's everywhere and we want that calm to happen and we want it that, that uh, almost that fragmented life that we live to become whole. And for others, that, that peace that we speak of is the restoration of, of relationships and the reconciliation that comes in relationships. And it's all of these things. That's what's so beautiful about peace and that we're invited to be peacemakers. It can be, um, it's used in the Old Testament a few times as describing, so a brick, the adjective to use a brick when building the temple was a shalom brick. So it was a brick that had no cracks, which is so cool. But then that same word can be used for those bricks being put together to build a, wall, build a wall with no gaps, every brick sitting against each other. So there's this almost this complexity to it, but in the complexity, there's not uh, fragmented and, and chaos, but there's this wholeness and this completeness. And, and this is what we think of when we hear the word peace, or this is what it denotes. The next bit is maker, which is the word that sounds like paella or paella. It's um, maker, and, and it combines the two, which I think is a really beautiful thing. You know, um, I was a, before I did this, I was a furniture maker, and when I started my business, you had two options as a furniture maker. You can either be, um, say that you, are a, you make handmade furniture, or you can say I make handcrafted furniture. It doesn't sound like a big difference, but it is a very big difference. So when I started out, I thought I'm going to be a handmade, I, I can advertise, I make handmade furniture. Essentially what this means is I will use no machinery. I'll only use hand tools and basically it's my hands, different types of blades and sweat, basically. And I, I learned very quickly that you can't make any money making furniture this way. So I quickly jumped across to doing handcrafted, which means that you can use machinery. So you can use tools that have been made to do the job quicker and something that usually would take a day ends up taking five seconds, which is just the most unbelievable thing. And now with, with where technology's gone, for all the rich furniture makers, they have these big CNC machines and basically they're just on a computer playing Tetris and it makes the furniture. But this is what it, it, it means when it says maker that you're making something, that you're building something. And I, I know for me, I'm not sure about you, when I read this passage, I don't read it as blessed are the peacemakers. I read it as blessed are the peacekeepers. And they're very different things. I, I think when we think of peace, we think about keeping the peace. And it's, it's an important clarification because a peacekeeper isn't actively building towards something. A peacekeeper is basically just wanting to keep things the way they are and make sure everyone's okay on the surface. And this isn't what we're called to. We're called to be peacemakers. Teachers have this amazing, magical skill that they do. It will be chaos in their classroom. This is for young children. I don't think it works in high school, but try it if you're a high school teacher. Let me know how it goes. But if it's chaos, they'll all of a sudden do that magical clap. Oh, that was a different version. You're obviously a musician. But um, they do this clap and they clap it and no matter what the kids are doing, they all stop and they're like, oh, yes, there's that rhythm I need to copy. And they do it. And it's this, this amazing moment that just, it calms the room. But the truth is, they go back to their chaos very quickly. And so all they're doing is they're keeping the peace. They're just kind of smoothing over it. 
Let me try to illustrate it a different way between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Imagine you have two friends. After, after tonight, you're, you're talking about where you want to go for dinner. One of your friends is adamant, going, we are going to KFC. I'm all about KFC. We've got to go there. Yeah, you love KFC. It's good. Um, but then your other friend is just like, no, 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 Maccas. You've got to try their new McCrispy. You do have to try their new McCrispy. It's fantastic. It's, it's very good. It's not quite zinger, but it's very good. And then you're in this situation. You've got a choice here. You can either be a peacekeeper or you can be a peacemaker. What a peacekeeper will do is say, why don't we all jump in my car, we'll go do drive-through, we'll drive through KFC first, and then we'll drive through Macca's, and then we'll eat at my house. And that's, that's okay, it's not a bad solution. But here's what a peacemaker does. A peacemaker goes, those are both great options, but did you know the burgers are better at Hungry Jack's? <laughs> and you offer them an alternative that's even greater than the two things they're doing. See, a peacemaker, it doesn't just pick one side or the other side. A peacemaker creates a new option that's a greater option. And this is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to, to engage with. And, and this is what's so amazing about the kingdom of heaven is that we get to offer something different. We get to offer something that, that isn't this or that. We get to offer that which is of Jesus, that which has life and power. In Genesis 1, 1 to 2, I often find myself going back here and I, I just, I love these two verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. If God was a peacekeeper, I think he just would have calmed the chaos and just went, oh, that's better. But God is a peacemaker so out of that chaos, he created beauty. The very next verse is, let there be light. And he created light and he creates our amazing cosmos and earth. And, and this is all out of the chaos, out of the dark and formless earth. This is the God that we serve. And this is the idea of a peacemaker that we're called into. Uh, it's worth mentioning here, for the people of the day, when Jesus is saying, blessed are the peacemakers, they wouldn't have responded to that like we do. If they heard, blessed are the peacemakers, they would have gone, no, 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 they're not allowed in. The peacemakers aren't invited in. Why are you inviting them in? They're, they're not engaging. Because in that time, their idea of peace was peace by victory. So essentially, if I can overcome my oppressor, then we have peace. And this was, for a lot of the disciples and for a lot of the people, they thought that's what the Messiah was going to do, was going to overthrow the powers of the day and, and institute a new rule but Jesus is like, no, 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 I'm not going to bring peace by conquest. I'm going to bring a new and greater type of peace by my life and let that come through. You see, the reason we have a different view of peace is because we live in the ripples of Jesus. We live in the after effects of his life. And so even in our Western culture, there's, there's, a, there's quite a few virtues that, that Jesus, um, I guess, shows through his character that our culture has grabbed a hold of. And this is why peace isn't necessarily uh, just something that we've got in the Christian faith, but I do think we have something a little bit different. When you think of peace, you, you might even think of the Miss World pageant. Um, I know growing up watching Miss Congeniality, that was just the answer. Everyone has to give that, how, what, what do you want to, if you could change one thing, what would it be? Oh, world peace. 
and everyone just claps like it's the most revolutionary thing. It's, what a great idea. How good, world peace. But it's kind of an empty peace because it's just virtue signaling. It's just saying, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if the world was peaceful? And I agree, wouldn't it be nice? But the amazing thing is that we are called to engage with that and we are called to be peacemakers which means that we don't just have to talk about world peace being this beautiful thing that we could have, but it's something that we get to engage with and do each and every day. You see, peace without the Holy Spirit, I believe, is quite a shallow peace. And the reason I say this is, you see what Jesus achieved. Even see how Paul wrote about him. In his, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, he says this, in Ephesians 2, 14 to 18, For he himself is our peace, that's Jesus, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. What a beautiful thing. He's made the two groups one and he's destroyed the barrier by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. You see, Jesus didn't pick one side. The two sides that they're speaking about here are the Jews and the Gentiles. Jesus came for both of them. For those that were far off and those that were near, he was offering his peace. And this is what each of us get to do in our daily walk, because he first did that for us. I I don't know what your walk's been, but I'm so thankful for the peace of the Holy Spirit in my life. There's been moments where my mind has been so fragmented, I didn't know what the next day held. But I'm so pleased and I'm so thankful that, that the God of heaven cares that much, that he would reach down with his peace and would build something new within me. You know, if, if I was... I wasn't going to go here, but let's go here. In, when I was in some of my, I guess, harder times, I think what I wanted then was just a break. I just wanted, I just wanted the, my mind to stop for a moment and just, to, just a, a day off. And those who have a bit of anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. You just want your brain to stop. And that would have been okay. But God had a much better plan for me. He had a plan to not just calm my mind, but he had a plan to rebuild me and to rebuild me so that he can use me for his work. And this is what's so amazing about being in his kingdom is that he doesn't want to just putty over your cracks. He doesn't want to just cover over your flaws. He wants to do something far greater than that. He wants to create something new within you. He wants to take your flaws. He wants to take those things that you think no one should ever see because you're so ashamed of or they just, uh, you feel so tormented by. But this is the God of the universe. This is the God that over a formless and dark earth created life, created light and created the beauty that you see all around you. And as his children, we get to do the same thing. You see, it says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Because we're the children of God. Do you know what this means? When it says, whenever you see children of God, it simply means this, carriers of my character. People that show my character, who I am. That we will be uh, examples of Him in our daily walk. 
And this is what's so beautiful. And this is why I believe it says, blessed are the peacemakers, because that very same peace which you can experience in your life, and, and maybe you're fresh to church. You're just, you've come in here and you don't know what all this is about. I want to tell you that, that Jesus is for you and that he died for you, and he did that so that he could take away the pain in your life, and take away the hurt, and I guess that hollow feeling that you may be carrying, and he's inviting you into a newness of life, and we then get to be the same. We get to carry that character, because he doesn't just save us so that he can save us for later. He saves us so that we are useful now. He saves us so that we can be outwork his, his love and outwork His beauty and outwork His peace in our everyday lives. And this is what it means to be a peacemaker. There's, um, we, we went out a, a little bit ago behind James's jet ski, a few of us on, on wakeboards, which is always good fun. And I was thinking this week about the power of a ripple. A ripple is, uh, can be an amazing thing, but it can also be a horrible thing. So when you're behind a, a, a boat, or in this case, a, a jet ski, what happens is, it, it's, I'm sure you all know this, it puts out wake behind the boat. And this allows you to, if you're Julius, jump up in the air and, and go over and land and look amazing. If you're anyone else, to just look like a baby giraffe. But that's okay. And it's this, this ripple there is a good ripple. And it's working well, but you're going to encounter other ripples out there as well because there's other boats, and they're going in different directions, and, and you can kind of see it in the eyes of the person behind the boat when there's ripples coming that are not good ripples. And all of a sudden, this stylish, great Julius standing behind the boat, just looking great, just doing so good, and you're like, oh my goodness, how does he do it? These ripples come from every direction, and baby giraffe is upon us, and it's fantastic because he, all of a sudden, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's looking like Elvis. It's controversial dancing. It was not good. But, but we can see in our lives that, that ripples can be a bad thing. But I want to tell you, as believers, we're called to make ripples, but we can make good ripples. We can make these good waves and these good things come through and, and, and keep on going out from us. And and I, I'm, I'm going to invite the band to join me because we're going to sing in a moment. But there's... Um, actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to read this poem. You can still come. I wasn't saying don't come up. This, this is a poem by... Um, and it's only a four-word poem by St. Francis of Assisi. And he, 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 he wrote this prayer, sorry, more than a poem. And I actually think this is a prayer that each of us, if we started our day with this, it would set us up for success. It says this, Lord... Make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hate, may I bring love. Where offence, may I bring pardon. May I bring union in place of discord. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Lord, let me bring peace to those around me. And these next three lines, I feel like if we could carry those into our world, our world would be an amazing place. These are the ripples that I'm talking about. We can, we can make choices today that will, will lead on and will, will make ripples for years to come and, and will change who knows whose lives they'll change, but, but our choice to be peacemakers today will absolutely do those things. Where there is hate, may I bring love. Where offence, may I bring pardon. You know, being a peacemaker requires you to be honest. This is probably one of the hardest bits. A, a peacekeeper, you don't have to be honest. All you have to do is just appease people and say, it's all going to be okay, let's sweep it under the rug. But a peacemaker requires you to be honest. 
But the, the important thing here is that the intention is to build peace. So when you're being honest, you're not doing it to tear someone down, but you're being honest because you want to build something new. You want to help them build something that is life-giving and is good. It's, a, it's, it's not a, a Band-Aid fix. I feel like a lot of the time in our conflict, we've got Band-Aid fixes and we're just like, let's do this, we'll be okay. We might see each other a bit, but we'll just pretend we're all good and we'll put this Band-Aid on it. I've got to tell you, as the, as the church, as a body of believers, we're called to resolve our conflict far better than this. We're called to engage with one another. It's, it's risky. Being a peacemaker is absolutely risky because you have to engage in conversations that may be uncomfortable, but we need to do it in a way that wants to build something, that wants to build peace and to, and to build those around us. And, and that's where, particularly here, like it's in, in, within his church, within his building, it should be shalom. It should be like that shalom brick, the brick with no cracks. And it's up to us to do that. It's up to us to, to identify the cracks and, and talk to them, and, but to be always doing it in love. And we have to be willing to risk pain. And this is, this is probably one of the most difficult ones. Um, it's painful apologizing. Do you know what? It hurts to apologize but it's actually one of the most incredible things you can do. We, we sit with couples before they get married and, married and um, do their pre-marriage counselling and, and a lot of the time we just talk about, you just got to be willing to say sorry. Just keep on going back to that person and saying, I'm so sorry. And the most important one there is be willing to be the first one to say sorry. Even if you don't feel like it, you just got to do it because it's a, it's a really, it's an amazing word that just opens up the relationship to be able to build peace once again. The other side of this is the, the pain of rebuking someone you love. Rebuking is kind of a heavy word, but basically just calling them out for something that you felt wasn't that great. You know, you could sweep it under the carpet and say, it's all going to be good, we won't worry about it. But um, I feel like we're called to, to be more than that. We've got to be honest with one another. We've got, to, we've got to engage with it and just say, you know, when you did this, it actually really hurt. But true peace is, is not an absence of conflict. I feel like that's an important one for us to grasp. It's not saying that if there's no conflict, we have peace. But peace is willing to engage with conflict and build something that has life within it. So really simply, this week, why don't you take a risk on peace? Because peace is so worth it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, as His children we get to reflect His character. Because we've re received His peace, we then get to go and be a part of being His peacemakers within our world. There's a word that shows up often within Scripture, and it's the word reconciliation. And that's what we're all called to be doing, to reconcile relationships around us. And it, it might be within your family. It might be your spouse. It might be your kids. It might be a friend that used to be a friend and now isn't a friend. Or it might be someone who you've only had a little bit to do with, but you just feel like you need to reconcile that relationship. Can I encourage you, be a peacemaker. Go and talk to them and just say, look, I need to do this because I want to build peace in our relationships. I want to build peace within his kingdom and, and peace within our church family. And it might be a little orkies, but that's okay. It's worth having a go. It is risky. You don't know how they're going to respond in kind, but... We're called to go and do as He's done for us. And I've got to tell you, I'm so thankful that, that Jesus took the risk on us. You know, it wasn't a sure thing. 
The way that he did it was not a sure thing. But we have the choice to engage with his sacrifice. We have the choice to engage with his outstretched hand, with his offer of peace. And we then get to engage with it. So why don't you jump to your feet? We're going to sing this song. It's loosely related, but I don't really care. I think it's a really beautiful song. And um, it's a song we sing a lot. But it basically speaks of the story of Christ, of how He was so willing to enter our brokenness and to lift us up. And, and the reason I want to sing this is we always need to be reminded of the peace that was offered to us first. And from that, tonight's not really a night where we're going to work on stuff in our hearts and work in our lives. And there's a time for that. And that was really beautiful last week as we did that. And I actually feel like being a peacemaker is a flow on from the work of being pure in heart because there's this, um, this authenticity and this sincerity that comes with a purity of heart that then allows you to go and to build peace. And so as we sing this, I just want your eyes to be on Jesus, just to worship Him and just to thank Him that He so willingly offered His peace to you and I. And from that, we then get to take it beyond these walls. So let's sing together. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.